it happened, and I must admit, I was absolutely scared to death. I didn't know what to do. I was stuck. There was uh, 20, probably 25 others with me. Thank goodness I was not in charge, or I would have said, all right, let's uh, bow down, tuck our heads in between our legs, and uh, it's over. It's done. We were on the wrong side of the wall in Bethlehem at sundown. We had been escorted into this building, and our guide on the Palestinian side of the wall had left. He went to the house. It was time to eat. His job was over. The guide that was going to pick us up was on the other side of the wall. Our bus, our hotel, we're in the building. We walk up to the window, there is nobody there. We go outside, nobody there. Go back up to the window, nobody there. We start banging on the window, nobody there. And all of a sudden, out of the rafters, two guys with M16s or something that looked exactly like that, fully clothed in camo, just drop down. It's like, oh crud, it's over. Going to see Jesus right here where he was born. I am done. And he said, hey, um, what, what are y'all trying to do? And we're like, we're trying to get to the other side of that wall, to our bus, to the house. And he says, let me see what I can do. So he goes back up in the rafters, goes over on the other side of the window, comes down on the other side of the window, unlocks the door. We walk right through, get on the bus, and everything is fine. Everything's fine. It's like, all right. Where did you come from? What were you doing? Just making sure you were secure. Just making sure you and everybody in the group got to where you need to get. If we were honest, everybody in this room this morning desires that. Every single person, young, old, everybody in between, we desire security. Now, some of us are desiring security out of financial issues. Some of us are, are looking around and saying, all right, I've got to get this in my job. I've got to get this, this security through my marriage, through my mate, through my kids, through my likes. But every single one of us. If we're honest with the person that we look at in the mirror, we desire security. There's only one place, one person that can give it. If you look in Romans chapter 8 this morning, we are going to finish, close out our series on putting the pieces to go, together of who I am. And... Uh, the final piece of this puzzle is found in Romans chapter 8, and it is the last half of the chapter, but it is that I am secure. As a son or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, 
as one who has, as we just sang, that every knee will bow, but as one who has bowed the knee, as one who has confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, we are secure. Now, what I need you to understand before we move any further this morning is this. Just because you walked an aisle or you came and knelt at a, at a stair that looked a step that looked just like this or one that looked similar to it, and you made a decision when you were 8 or 10 or 12 or 47. It's not about a decision. It's about a relationship. But every single one of us who have entered into a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you are secure. And you need to know that. You need to know that for today. You need to know that because tomorrow is coming. You need to know that because of the junk you got to go through this week. The junk that I have to go through this week. And here's how Paul wrote it. Starting in verse 26, all the way through the end of the chapter, he's going to talk about the Spirit. He's going to talk about you and he's going to talk about me. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps you. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts, He knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. That's every single one of us who have bowed the knee. That's every single one of us who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, who have began this relationship, and we are sons and daughters of the Most High. He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28, a verse that you and I like to hold on to, but you and I really don't like walking through. Verse 28, and we know... That for those who love God, all things work together for good. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. And it's that verse that everybody says, hey, that junk you're going through, just understand, it's good. You're like, where do you get that out of this? Well, stay with me this morning. For those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. To be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn. Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. Verse 30. Those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. Who... uh, How will he not also with him, with Christ, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, 
who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, for your sake, We are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So who can do this? No. Verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, this passage is full. This passage is full of security. For those of us that know you. Father, I am scared to death to preach this passage this morning. Father, for the most of us, we have grown up in a culture, in a subculture that is church. And we have heard your name Sunday in and Sunday out, Father. Father, we sit around a table a couple of times a day, if not a couple of times a week, and we pray and we thank you. We thank you for food. We thank you for our family. God, it is so easy to be nonchalant in front of you because we just pray to you. Father, it's so much more. This passage is so much more. It is so deep. It is something that we need to grasp like never before. So, Father, I pray that you would speak this morning to me. Father, I pray that you would speak to us and there would be clarity. Lord, it would be crystal clear where we stand with you. If we're yours, we're secure. If we're not yours, God, we're not secure. Father, wipe away all the false hope. And Lord, bring the solid footing of your gospel this morning, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. I do want you to see some keys to this security. There are some keys in this passage. There are some some understandings that Paul had for the people at Rome and he has for you and me to understand and to see our security. To understand where we stand with him. And the first, really all three of them, is they deal with him. Look with me there in verse 26 down through verse 28. I'll read it for us again and let's see the first key. The first key is this. The first key of being secure is knowing that we have help in our 
weaknesses. In our weakness, there is help. Likewise, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. How? With groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of Almighty God. In those verses, you find yourself in a tough spot. You find yourself weak. You find yourself in a place that needs help. You find your place needing answers and you don't even know the questions. You don't even know how to get those answers. You don't even know how to formulate the word in your mouth to speak and pray to the king of all kings and ask for it. And he said, it's okay because I'm here to help you. It's okay in your weakness, in my weakness, it's okay. I've got you back. And the Holy Spirit of Almighty God intercedes for you. The Holy Spirit of God stands in the gap for you. The Holy Spirit even doesn't say words. The the statement there is, He intercedes for us with groanings. What are groanings? They are gut-level communications with the Father that happen on your behalf from His Spirit to the Father for you. And they're not even words. But they get the point across that Brian Tillman is in need of help. Brian Tillman is weak. Brian Tillman needs you, Father, to come through for him or it is done. And it's the same with you and you and you and all of us. Every single moment of every single day, you and I are weak. And these groanings are lifted up. He intercedes. He sees the situation. He knows everything that is going on in and around. Everything that could happen, all the what-ifs, and he speaks, and he prays, and he lifts you up. He searches your heart, because you need your heart searched. And he searches it, and he takes all those failures to the Father, on your behalf, and on my behalf, and he's taken care of. There is help. There is help for your weakness and there is help for my weakness. So what else could we ask for? I mean, really. What else could we ask the Father for that He has not already given us? What has He given us? He's given us His Son. His Son came and died for you. His son took all your junk, all your sin, all your transgressions, all your iniquities, and put him on himself. He became your sin and gave you his righteousness. That's what he did for you. Did you deserve it? No. Did I deserve it? No. He gave us salvation through his son. 
He gave us His Spirit to come and live, to come and dwell inside us at salvation. More than this, He, the Spirit, now helps us when we don't even know what to say. What else could we ask for? This is what is needed for us. The Father knows this and He has given us this help even before we knew we needed it. This is security. The God of all God helps us in our weaknesses. So are you scared today? Are you worried today? Are you anxious today? Are you at your wick's end today? Then come, lay it all at his feet. Because verse 28 tells you and tells me, here is the statement. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. It's not that all things are good. We've stated that before. Not everything's good. I mean, sometimes life just stinks. There's different words for it, but that's exactly what it is. It stinks. It's hard. It's not fun. It doesn't seem that there's... All it is is dark clouds, and there's no sunshine, and there's no easy. I mean, it is bad, and it seems that some folks get worse than other folks. It's not even fair. Paul knew that. The folks at Rome could see that. Paul also knew, and you and I need to take this deep into our hearts. All things work together for good. Everything that you go through is his way of bringing you to him. Everything that we go through, the physical hurt, the emotional hurt, the letdown, the proverbial and literal slaps in the face. All those things are to bring you to Him. And how does this help you and how does this help me today? You and I need to be reminded of who He is. Just think about it for a second. This, this is free. Of course, I guess everything else was too, and everything else will after this if I just hurry up. But, but this is free, just for you. If God gave you everything, if there was never an issue that, that his people had, if there was never a problem that his sons or his daughters went through, how would the rest of the world, who's going through all the junk that you and I too are going through, man, I wish that I was like Brian... I wish that I was like, put your name there. I wish that I was like one of those folks, but I don't know. You're like, well, that would just make it easy for us to tell them, right? But then what if their life wasn't that way? You know what he has you going through at the job? is so that the other folks at the job will see, you know what? Heck, Tillman is going through it, but I tell you, I don't know why in the world he would have a smile on his face. I don't know why, I don't know how in the dude, how in the world are you making it? Well, let me tell you, 
gives you an opportunity, gives me an opportunity, gives us opportunities to brag on everything that he's done. His spirit helps. Second key this morning is not only does his spirit help, but we see that the second key is that God's work brings us to a place of security. Let me read for us 28 through 31. And as I read it, I want you to think about everything that is being stated. And I also need you to see, we're going to go to grammar class for about 30 seconds, but I need you to see where the break is in the sentence. And we know, verse 28, that for those who love God, All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those, excuse me, whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, period. God works for you. He works for you and his work for you comes through this statement. Those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. You're like, I've heard that. I can't stand those two words. You can't stand God's love then because those two words are right here. Those two words are in Scripture. Those two words are His love for you. I heard Adrian Rogers a number of times state it this way. I mean, just over and over again. He'd say, you know what? That word foreknew and that word predestined, all it means is this, that God predetermined what you were going to look like in the end. That's all it means. And what He predetermined that you and I were going to look like is Jesus Christ. Don't we want that? I stated it this way at City Kids this week. We were talking about who God was and who he is. And I said, how many of you in a couple of months, we're all going to go to the Christmas parade, right? Everybody here, man, yeah, I can't wait. I was like, what's your favorite part of the Christmas parade? I love the candy, exactly. That's what everybody loves. That's what every kid loves. We love the candy. And I said, you know what? Every single one of us are part of the parade. You're a part of the parade. You are a float in the parade that God created. But here's the difference. You and I, we're either going to park ourselves at the square or we're going to park ourselves right in front of Fred's or somewhere along the line and we're going to see float after float, band after band, motorcycle, and because we live in Hernando, we're going to see tractor after tractor in this parade. That's just a part of it. And then all of a sudden that tractor is going to leave and that band's going to march on and that float's going to go on down and we're not going to see it again. But God helps us And he's working for us in this, that God sees the whole parade. He sees the 120 floats backed up all the way down Vaden Road, ready to start the parade. At the same time, he sees the end of the square as the whole parade ends. You're like, how in the world does he do that? Great story. I mean, this was awesome. Yesterday for lunch, I created something. I did. I created something yesterday for lunch. I created a bologna sandwich. It was amazing. 
Do you know what I did? I took out two pieces of white bread and I laid them flat open and I took the mustard and I just made circles on both pieces because that's how I like to create my bologna sandwich. I made circles on the left piece of bread and the right piece of bread and I put bologna on it, whatever it's made of, and I put it there and I started eating it. I wasn't in the bologna sandwich. I created the bologna sandwich. I was outside of the bologna sandwich and I partook of the bologna sandwich. God created every single one of us. God, in His mind, stated, all right, here's the beginning of time and here's the end of time and I'm outside of time. I created everything and I can see the beginning, Adam and Eve. And I can see the end, the book of Revelation, with every knee bowed and everyone around the throne. And forever and ever and ever, those who rejected me will spend eternity away from me in a place called hell. I don't want them to go there, but I didn't create them as robots, so they, they, they went there on their own free will. And I see it all. I see it all. And I've done all this work for you. For you. So that you might have a relationship with me. And in that relationship, you might be secure. Third and final key. Third and final key is not only does God help us and God work for us, but you need to understand God's for you. He is for you. And because he's for you, that brings security. Because he's got your back and he's helping, because he's got your back and he's working, because he is absolutely for you. Read that in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, and he absolutely is, if God is for us, then who can be against us? The rhetorical questions continue. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, with Christ, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who could? If God's for us, who could bring a charge against us? It's God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he's the one who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall any of these things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or the sword? Verse 37, by all means, no. My favorite Greek word, meganoitoi, no. In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him. Who loved us. What you need to get in your thick skull. Just like I need to get in my thick skull. Is that God likes you. That God's for you. And he's done all this. For you. Not for anybody else. But for you. For I'm sure that neither death nor life 
I am sure that neither angels nor rulers, I am sure that neither things that are present at this very moment nor things that are to come, I am sure that not powers, not height, nor depth, or anything else, that's all of creation, will be able to separate you will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Sir, God is for you. It's hard to fathom. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, but ma'am, he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his very best. He loves you so much that even knowing what you would do, sin because of your nature and because of your choice, he sent his son for you. And you and I like to sit around and think, well, I don't deserve it. That's exactly right. You don't, and I don't. You and I like to sit around and say, yeah, but everybody else is worse than me. No, they're not. You're just as bad. I'm just as bad as everybody else. You needed a Savior. I needed a Savior. Bin Laden needed a Savior. Hitler needed a Savior. Everybody else in creation needed a Savior. Some choose to accept Him. Some choose not to. He is for you. And then he says, nothing can separate us. What consists of nothing in this sense? What consists of nothing? Everything consists of nothing. All right, Brian, that's, you're going deep right there for that right there. Think about it. So there is nothing. Not Satan, not doubt, not others, not things, not you, not me, not time. Nothing can separate you who have bowed the knee and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord from God's love. If you have a relationship with him, then you, sir, you, ma'am, are secure forever and ever and ever. Let me read a couple of verses, make a couple of statements, and I close. So does that give me liberty to go and live however I want to live? One of Paul's friends, Peter, wrote it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. You live as people who are free. But don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. 
verse 19, for this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure it? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. In other words, Peter is saying, hey, if you live like the world, you sin and you go through some rough times, that's what's supposed to happen. But if you live how you're supposed to live, like you're called to live, knowing who has done all this work and all these things for you and that he loves you and you live and you suffer for it, then know this. You're secure. He loves you. This is a gracious thing in the sight of Almighty God. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't necessarily need to know what's happening in your life. Because every single one of us are going through trials. Every single one of us, maybe the trial is this high today. Maybe the trial is this high next week. Maybe the trial is this high the week after that. I, I don't know. But I know every one of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, no matter the trial, no matter the situation, no matter the heartache, we are secure. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. God, there's something called life that is happening Father, for some of us right now, life stinks. Life hurts. Life is hard. Father, we don't have anything but darkness and weight and gloom all around us. Father, may we see we understand that you help us, you are working, and God, you are for us. And those keys bring about security for every single one of us. Those keys open that door that leads us to security, that leads us to yourself. Sir, God's design for you this morning is that you would be in a right relationship with him. And to be honest with you, you, you have gone and you have wandered. You are like a, a sheep who has wandered away from his shepherd and all that has done is brought heartache. All that has done is brought brokenness because of your choice to sin against your creator, ma'am. And he says, why don't you come back? Why don't you come back? There's good news. If you would just come back and receive my best, my son, that relationship can be what I designed it to be. We're about to stand and we're about to sing. The altar is open for you to come. I am here to talk with you.
I am here to introduce you to the King, if you would come. You respond as we stand and as we sing this morning.